All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. <laughs> I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you. This is my boomstick. What's your favorite scary movie? Hello and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBona. And I'm David Uyoa. And we are here this week to do what we do every week and talk about a scary movie. And we'll get to that in just a second. But Dave and I were having a discussion before we got started. And we do realize that we are fortunate enough that we get to enjoy horror as a, a side project. It's something that we get to sit back and enjoy but we are aware of the fact that out there in the world right now and in the Ukraine, there is a very literal war being waged. And, you know, we just want we we are aware of that and we don't want you to think that we take any of that lightly. We are just kind of here to 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 give you a break from that. If your lives are anything like mine right now, you're constantly ingesting media about this. So we are going to kind of take a break from that. And let you just and, and honestly, if there was a movie. If there was a movie to turn your brain off to, it's the one this, this week. This is kind but, of it. So, yeah. yeah, this is definitely it. But so as as you know, as useless as it is and cliche as it is, you know, but our, our hearts go out to all the people who are having to deal with real life horror. We're fortunate enough that uh, that we get to just talk about it and joke about movie horror. Absolutely. So, like I said, if there's a better movie to just turn your brain off to and just sit back and enjoy, we haven't seen one in a little while. This week, we are going to be doing the brand new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, I'm not, did this even get a theater release, Dave? I don't think it did. Uh, and also, did uh, a, a student of mine, Frank Kowalski, coming in with, I think, the earliest comment we've ever had. Just I think so. Fire. Just fire. yeah, just fire. fire. We appreciate emoji. you, Frank. Yeah, thank you. But yeah, this this thing I'm pretty sure just went straight to Netflix. I think so. So it was. See, here's the thing: like Texas Chainsaws, a it's a fucking mess, man. Uh, like the 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 series, the franchise, right? right? It's uh, it's an absolute mess. And so, like the previous movie, Leatherface, was one that was released to very little fanfare as well. I always forget that one even exists. Yeah, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, it, it's different, but good. And it, it, the thing is, I find myself thinking that <laughs> just about every Texas Chainsaw. It's like, oh, that was different. Good, but different. Um, right. So, no, I didn't hear much about this. Netflix didn't really promote it very much. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. The fact that so many people were involved in this and it was not promoted was odd, really yeah, like, odd. Like the story is credited to Fede Alvarez, who's the guy who like very famously uh, did the last Evil Dead movie and don't breathe. I mean, that's some fucking yeah. pedigree there, you know? 
Exactly. And like, I remember when, when like the, the Halloween resurgence started and, and I was like, oh yeah, I've heard they're doing that with Texas Chainsaw. I wonder whatever, what's ever going on with that. And then all of a sudden I turn on right. Netflix and it was like, oh yeah, no, it's like, oh, there it is. Now. So, yeah, <laughs> you should watch that. But anyway, so we're, we watched the brand new Texas Chainsaw Massacre release now in 2022. And even though we haven't done an official episode for the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if you've ever listened to the show, if you know Dave and I at all, you'd be a fool to think that either one of us didn't like that one. But Dave, just kind of overall, how did you feel about this one? Like, did, did it surprise you? Did it fall flat? How did you feel about brand new Texas Chainsaw Massacre? So here's the thing. Um, I have a guilty pleasure for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series um, because just about everyone loves, if you're into horror, just about everyone loves the original Texas Chainsaw. Uh, right. You'll find many people say that it's their favorite horror movie. Uh, you'll find uh, many a uh, a teacher or a college professor tell you that it is the best horror movie because of all of the subtext that goes in there. Um, you'll find movie critics that say much the same thing because of how much is suggested. People think it's this gory, gory movie and it really isn't. Um, uh, so, so much of it is just suggested. Right. Um, so like that, that movie's fucking brilliant and everything that follows, including the second one also directed by Toby Hooper is just like weird and wacky. So um, it's a weird series. So I didn't know what to expect. Um, pretty much from that second one on, they were all gory, like really right. gory, didn't skimp on the gore, uh, didn't skimp on the humor. Uh, like it kind of just said, let's throw a bunch of shit in a pot and see what comes out. Right. Uh, you know, we've talked about the, the great gumbo pot of horror. Before, yes. Right. Um, and so I watched it kind of with that like carte blanche feel, um, like, you know, I don't know what's, what's going to happen, but I'm here for it. And just like every other Texas Chainsaw movie, I was I, I was left thinking, what the fuck? And then at the same time thinking I fucking loved it. You know, so right. like, I wasn't quite sure what I saw. Um, I knew I liked it, uh, but it, it was it's just it's so it's so weird. It's so. Um, I don't know. It's perfectly Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, that I mean that that sums it up really well. I I texted you started it a little bit before I did. We both watched it the other night, mm -hmm. and so I texted you, and I was like, I was like, I'm 15 minutes in, and I got a bad feeling that this is not <laughs> going to be good. But you're right. Like I remember watching the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre umpteen years ago, and kind of doing the same thing. Like, is this? actually like a good like a scary like a good scary movie or a good movie or but it uh man it this movie i will say just when you look at this movie this is a movie that always knew exactly what it was mm -hmm. right it knew what it wanted to deliver it knew what it didn't care about and it very it delivered very well the things it wanted to and the things that they didn't care about were just there or not there and mm -hmm. I, I did the same kind of thing, right? I was like, wait, it, it ended. And I'm just kind of like staring at the screen. And I was like, but oh what God, did, did I, <laughs> did I really like that? Cause I think I really liked that. Right. Um, and so I, it was, 
You know, I, I like I honestly, what well, you're right. When it comes to the Texas Chainsaw series, the only way it could have completely fallen flat, I think, is if we would have got some sort of movie that took itself way too seriously. Even yeah. though the 74 version is, you know, it takes itself pretty seriously. It's not until you get to two that it's like, oh, so okay, here's, this here's, is here's the wacky. thing is that Toby Hooper always said that what he thought he was making was a black comedy. And he says, just no one got it. God bless. So, and what a fucked up guy. Right? You know, like, uh, yeah, Rob no, it, was, it was a comedy. Rob Zombie says the same thing about House of a Thousand Corpses. He's like, I, I, yeah. I made something funny, right? Don't you guys think it's funny? It's like, did we watch the same movie, Rob? I've, I've always thought, I mean, House of a Thousand Corpses is, is like the one oddball in that, that trilogy because you, the, Devil's Rejects has a clear vision and uh three from hell has a clear vision those two feel cohesive you know right. one follows the other rob zombie's vision is there house of a thousand corpses feels uniquely rob zombie like yes. I yes anyone else could have made that movie and i really enjoy house of a thousand corpses but it feels like his um like sadistic which to call it sadistic for him is like <laughs> uh, his sadistic take on texas chainsaw massacre right and and, and it's it, it's twisted it's weird and the supernatural gets thrown in there for like a split second you're like what the fuck and that's it <laughs> it's, it's just one scene you're like oh okay I, I i guess there's like fucking mud monsters okay and then you keep going yeah you know and so but yeah like i you know like i said it was just it when it was over i did the same thing i was like I'm not like it's only 80 minutes long, by the way. Yeah. It's yeah, it's I mean, it's like right at 80 minutes long. And so it doesn't take long to get through it. And then you're just kind of sitting there and you're like, whoa, what? I don't. Um, I, yeah. Like and then I texted you and you're like, we've got 48 hours. Like, we'll uh, we'll, we'll think it through. It. Yeah. So, I, you know what? Though? Hopefully like, when not think all... too hard. I think when you yeah, think exactly. too hard about Texas Chainsaw, it starts to lose some of its luster. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm this. I'm in the same boat, man. I did. I liked it. I liked it. It was it was weird. It definitely it definitely had some flaws, and we'll get to those as we go. But, I mean, it was it was it was what I expected it to be. And yeah, like I said at the top, man, you turned your brain off. Just watch this. Not like not look for you know like as as a fan of Texas Chainsaw yeah you're you're gonna look for for subtext and things like that but uh, you know if you're watching this and you haven't watched it yet don't 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 watch for too much subtext just 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 watch this one just watch this one I I think that's the best way to to, to do it um so we we touched upon this briefly um like there's been almost fifty years between this and the the original texas chainsaw and and this is a movie that goes back to this uh like really popular thing in the last decade or so the uh, the, the idea of a requel right yes. so it's it's uh it's rebooting the franchise but it's also a direct sequel to you know a hand selected number of films in this case just the original right um so when when it comes to something that is honoring the original, right, by picking up where it leaves off um, and kind of saying, you know, I um, I'm trying, I guess, to stick more closely to the legacy of the original film. Right. Um, which is, as we said, very often on the very top of all the lists of greatest horror movies of all time. Right. I mean, um, one can argue and it has been argued 
that it is the very first slasher. Right. Right. Uh, Sally Hardesty is often called the very first final girl. Um, you know, the trope begins with her, you know. So um, is this a movie that uh, I think you put it beautifully? Did it understand the assignment? Yeah. <laughs> did it understand the assignment of of picking up that legacy and, and carrying it? Did it build upon or disregard that legacy? Um, is the spirit of Toby Hooper present here? And I think that that's one of the best litmus tests for a Texas Chainsaw movie. Like, could you see his DNA somewhere in there? I think that if Toby Hooper could watch this movie, I think that he would be happy with it. I think that he would have a couple of complaints here and there, but I do feel like there is a lot of Toby Hooper alive in this. Uh, this movie, it takes just this. I mean, it it does the it does the great it, at the beginning. It opens with, by the way, that was it was it was David uh, 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 John Larroquette, not David Arquette, John Larroquette yeah, doing a voiceover. Um, unlike it is, it's like, all right, hey, real quick, here's what happened in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's factual in this universe. All right, cool. I'm good now. Let's go. Um, it does a really good job of building on that while creating its own thing. You know, they established that there was this guy, Leatherface, and then that, but then you kind of get to watch him be, he's, he's born again. By the time mm -hmm. we meet, uh, who is obviously Leatherface when you see him for the first time, right? It's a hulk of a man oh, yeah. that yeah. they won't show his face. You're, you're 100% sure that that's. Leatherface. The you first actually time you see do him. see his face once. Yes, the very first time that you see him, it's like a shadow of a man. He's sitting in a chair. He's sitting in a chair. At, I rewound yeah. to make sure that I wasn't seeing things. Yeah, <laughs> like, because he's he's there. It's a flash, and then you know it and it cuts to some other thing, and then it goes back to that same shot, and he's gone. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, shit's already getting yes. fucking wrecked. <laughs> and so, you know, like, but so you, you get to see him reborn when his mother dies um, yeah. be, because of the actions of these teenagers that we'll get to when we eventually try to discuss this story. I don't teenagers is the wrong <laughs> word. They're obviously in their 20s. They're older. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But these young adults. Uh, and so and so when she dies, he loses his mind or, you know, it loses it again, loses what's left of it, whatever. <laughs> and then he becomes Leatherface. And then, and then it just, and then it's like, all right, by the way, remember, does he remember, find his mind. Mm, good point. Uh, but, and so then it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Remember this is a Texas chainsaw. <laughs> Frank, <laughs> Frank Kowalski. Yes. The, these millennials as they were in the movie. Um, but, and so, and then if from that moment on, it's like, oh yeah, remember guys, this is a Texas chainsaw massacre movie. And then they stomp the gas pedal and it is, relentless it and i think up. that yeah and i think that that's where toby hooper would be proud of this i do think that the one it, i don't think that it destroys the legacy i think that one bit of uh of the original that's lost in this which is something that's bizarre to say about a movie named texas chainsaw massacre but texas chainsaw massacre there is a good amount of subtlety and nuance in the storytelling in that mm -hmm. movie and the ones that come after it. And I do feel that that was completely lost in this. I feel like the couple of times they maybe started at something, they're like, ah, nah, fuck it. Let's just, uh, let's just kill yeah. more people. 
<laughs> yeah, and well, I, I I think we'll get to that when when it comes to talking about the story in earnest. Um, but I, I I do think one of the things that to me um, makes the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre so unique, maybe not unique, because there are others in the genre that that use this to great effect, is the movie feels gritty. It feels yeah. it feels like a grindhouse movie, and this movie, probably by you know the 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 simple fact that it was filmed on you know modern digital cameras, it looks polished. Yeah, it feels and slick. It feels very slick, and that's normally not a bad thing. Um, and it certainly doesn't hurt the movie, but that is one thing where I felt like you know what. To me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is gritty. It's dirty. It's um, it's everything you remember that original movie to be. Like if you asked me to describe the original Texas Chainsaw to you, the first word that I would say is grit. That's probably the first word that comes to mind anytime I think of that movie. Uh, the film stock even looks gritty. You know, so um, that was one thing that I thought was was lost. You know, it, when when we're talking about legacy, there's uh, two other things that were handled, I think, in an interesting way. I don't know that it's necessarily negatives, but um, I believe every Texas Chainsaw Massacre has had a dinner table scene. Right. Uh, it's like it's like one of the one of the immovable objects of the Texas Chainsaw series. And there was no dinner table scene here. Now, you can make the argument that it's because his family is ripped from him so early in the movie. And 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 therefore, what we get is the most brutal Leatherface we've seen so far. Yes. Um, and uh so I don't necessarily think that this was missing the family aspect that the other Texas Chainsaw movies were missing because family plays a huge role in all the movies, right? The the Sawyer family is front and center yes. always. Uh, but this handles family somewhat differently. And I was okay with that, but it was kind of weird not to have that dinner table scene. The last thing about the legacy that I'll say is I don't know that I per, like personally liked how they handled Sally Hardesty. I feel yeah. I I feel like um, she was built up to be somewhat of a Laurie Strode, like what we see in the new Halloween movies, or a Sarah Connor from the Terminator series, and. Uh, when when she first stumbles upon uh, the the defaced uh, you know orphanage uh, owner, I'm like, oh fuck, yeah, shit's about to get real serious, and and it did for for a second, and then done. To me, it felt very similar to like what you were talking about with you know many aspects of the story. Where it was like, oh cool, let's introduce this and then move on. Right. I felt like Sally was handled much the same way. And when you have literally the first final girl ever in cinema history, I feel like she needs to be given a little bit more 
care and attention given to how she's handled uh, that that was one of the only things that i'd say like you know for me personally um i didn't enjoy uh because i thought it, it went against the legacy of the original movie uh but there were other characters that took up that handle you know the the right. the, the, the mantle of of sally hardesty in in a great way so um in every other aspect, I think Toby Hooper would be proud that someone made a movie like this uh, because it, I think, honors much of what he was trying to do with the original and trying to say something, uh, right. but also honors much of what makes Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 so amazing, which is it's absolutely like bonkers 80s aesthetic you know yes. the like uh, what are we doing i don't know more cocaine even... and and then just film it <laughs> you know like that's to me that's what texas chainsaw massacre 2 is you know it's just cocaine fueled writing and filmmaking at its finest you know it is it is the commando of horror movies right and so this is this is the second time in a couple months that we've approached one of these requels. We did it with Candyman uh, mm -hmm. a little bit ago. And this is definitely a trend that we're seeing more. You know, the Halloween franchise is getting a whole new trilogy that's supposed mm -hmm. to, you know, complete that original story. And I, the thing I want to ask you, I mean, and you personally, like not even like aside from looking at the whole requel trend, does it bother you? to do that with this particular franchise because of the fact that I know how much you love those Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequels, especially too. Like uh, I, I know that, that oh, Frank Kowalski, the new one is vape pins and Instagram live. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but so I, I know how much you love I, from doing geek more. I've, I've heard you talk about, you know, your love for Texas. So does does now making a sequel that, that is supposed to be like direct to the first one, does that affect for you at all? Like when you're looking at the legacy of it, do you feel like it kind of waters down what 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 ha what those what made those other ones great after the original? So here's the thing is um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series has never really concerned itself too much with continuity. True. Um, the the second one is a direct sequel to the first one, and it picks up, uh, you know, about ten years later, and much of the family's still alive, like Drayton's still alive, Nubbins is dead, and he's still sitting at the table, you know. Yes. So like like that's that's great, you know. They introduce other family members like uh like Crumb Top, you know, who's like just fucking incredible you it's know just, uh, bill, bill like, mosley cast him at everything and just and let him play all the roles crumb he's, top he's is like the, the reason to have sequels to texas chainsaw <laughs> massacre like he he is like head and shoulders above any other it's like it's like they didn't even have an old idea for a movie like we got this one new character we need a vehicle right yeah pretty pretty much yeah <laughs> so um like but once you get to uh Leatherface, which is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, the first Leatherface, right? Yeah. Um, there's very little continuity between uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and that one. So it's like, you know, how did he get here? Who is this family? Right. Um, because there seems to be some sort of disconnect. How much time has passed, we don't know. 
right? Um, like, is this progressing uh, chronologically, like uh, with the same amount of time that is passing in between the films? I don't know. Uh, and and that, that one takes itself a little bit more seriously, kind of goes back to the original. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, uh, A New Generation. Yeah. is possibly the biggest train wreck of a movie you'll ever watch. <laughs> um, for, for those of you who are unaware, Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger filmed this movie before they became Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger and then went on to do great, amazing things. And um, I believe it was warner brothers who had the the contract at the time whoever it was that had the rights said well fuck we've got this thing shelved we thought it was like unreleasable let's fucking release it now <laughs> and it is just like matthew mcconaughey is bionic he literally has yes like like uh, like steampunk powered limbs in this movie it's the weirdest fucking thing so, and it manages so to weird. work there's a government conspiracy like the government is funding the Sawyer family. It's so fucking weird and wacky. And it makes no sense. And how these people are related to the Sawyers. We don't know to the original Sawyers, We have no idea. And it's not explained and you don't fucking care. Right. A number of years go by and then we get the reboot. Right. Right. Which just Jessica, Jessica Biel. Uh, right with Jessica Biel, and then we got a prequel to that. Right, this is where um, uh, Lee Aramie is in it, and you know, mm -hmm. it, it's these are good, right? It kind of goes back to uh, like the the really gritty feeling uh, original, and then there was another reboot, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yeah, and um, available uh, with, on Netflix right now, by the way. Yeah, uh, <laughs> with Alexandra Daddario. And uh, Jeff from uh, Geekmore is a real big fan of that one for that mm. reason. Um, and then there was not much for a little while. And then Leatherface is released. And it, again, it's another requel. It's uh, actually a prequel to the original. So this whole thing is a mess. So for me, as far as continuity goes, it doesn't really matter that it erases this movie or that movie because I realized a long time ago i cannot attempt to make a like star wars style canon out of right this. like like you can fit all the pieces of star wars together and it's like oh, okay well i'll watch this movie this time and this movie here and then i'll, I'll watch this tv show down here you can do the same thing with the mcu right yeah you cannot you cannot do that with texas chainsaw massacre or you will drive yourself insane yeah, I mean, so, and yeah, I, I I agree completely. So so I simply approach this as: is the story passable? And uh, there's a there's a couple different things that they do, which I think are really interesting in introducing ideas that make the characters much more interesting. But the follow through is not there. Yeah. I, I think that I think that Halloween coming before like coming before this one and doing what it did and 
I, opening up that discussion about how convoluted the continuity is mm-hmm. like, and it, you know, anybody who listens to this podcast has seen one of those diagrams. It's like, here's how the Halloween timelines work. <laughs> and so, you know, like, and now you have beautifully crafted, you know, the, the same thing for this. I think that Halloween coming first, which you know, oddly enough, it's a movie that I guess maybe just because it came out later, it's it's a movie I think that has more weight to the general populace, maybe because it didn't go away to the extent that Texas Chainsaw Massacre did. The the sequels were more frequent. Yeah, and so I, I think that that one coming first and kind of setting in everybody's heads that, like, this is a thing that you can do even when, yes, you have a spider web of continuity that doesn't work. I think that I think that, that helps out a lot, but I kind of did the same thing. I was like, you know what? Just just give me a Texas Chance on Masker movie. You want to tie it into the first one? That's fine. You know, it's so th- the other question is, are do you do, do you hope this is a trend that, that people kind of keep dipping their toes in? Like, I remember the, the first time I remember thinking that this was a big deal was when Brandon Routh and Superman Returns came out. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, okay, everything after what? That was like everything after three, right? It was like everything after Superman two, three. Two was, the, after two, two was the last one that it considered canon. Okay, there we go. Yeah, and so, so three I, and four were no longer There canon. we go. And so I remember thinking it was weird, like at the time. Then, then Halloween came out, and I was like, "This is perfect for that." And they started it with H two O. They yeah. ignored four, five, and six. And then, then, the, then the new ones came out. And they ignored H two O and Rob Zombie right. and all of that. So it's it, it's a mess. But is this something that you hope that somebody goes out and finds another franchise that eventually became a mess and kind of does this with, I'm not asking you to name one. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but do you think that this is a type of thing that's rife to continue? I truthfully don't care. Um, for, <laughs> for, Fair enough. Uh, for, for me, the most important thing is for the movie to be good, you know, um, as long as you can create a good story, I say use what you want, don't use what you don't want, and kind of leave it up to the fans, right? Because we're living in an age where um, you don't have to go to a blockbuster and hope that they have the whole series to be able to binge it. Right. Right. Uh, you can you could just log on to Netflix or Hulu or in the case of horror shutter. Right. And um, and just watch it all there. Right. Plus, with the Internet at your fingertips, like you, you literally have all the information ever. And those that are casual fans uh, or casual moviegoers are not going to care about the continuity. They never have and they never will because all they want is to go see horror. Right. Yeah. They're just they, they want to go. They want to be scared. They want to have a good time. And then they want to go to uh, like like a Sonic or something and, and get a milkshake and some French fries after. That's right? why we got nine Saw films. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, and how many Fast and Furious movies? Hey, right? whoa, hey, mm, watch yourself now. <laughs> but you're right absolutely yeah no that's why i watched right. the fast and, and furious and, movies. And, you're, and, you're absolutely and, right they're entertaining does the story of one affect the other no it's because it's entertaining right james bond is the same way and i love james bond right <laughs> um so um 
for the person who does care about continuity, they know enough about the continuity to say, oh, okay, so this is just ignoring this movie. Fair enough. Now, okay, let me that's watch a good point. It. You know, so I, I think, like, if, for example, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, these have been dormant for a while now. Um, if they wanted to pick up and start doing something, and I know that eventually something will happen with Friday the 13th as soon as the lawsuit is taken care of. Fingers crossed. Hopefully that happens soon. I know it's probably not going to happen, uh, but that is my favorite horror franchise. So, uh, so hopefully it'll happen soon. Um, if they wanted to just do something new to Friday the 13th, whether they wanted to make it a requel or a reboot or a sequel to the last one that they did, I don't really care. What I do care about is that it delivers. Right. So when you're looking at the idea of it delivering and it's going to be a good movie, you got to look at that 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 one thread that ties all the kills together and that's the story. And when you're looking at this story in this movie, eh, I mean, come on, right? It's it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. You know, <laughs> you, you, you try not to expect too much, but we did get a story. So uh -huh. the question here is, you know, was it any good? Did it serve its purpose or, you know, just like, like did did it make any sense even? So I think the broader story makes sense. Um, and I really like, <laughs> I um, I think it makes enough sense. Okay, there we go. Um, and maybe I should say that. I think it makes enough sense uh, that it's a logical story. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> some, some of the decisions that were made on the, the narrative front uh, kind of left me scratching my head like, hmm. How? Why? Who would do this? Uh, but ultimately, I, did, I really didn't care, right? Right. Uh, because what I want to do is I I, I want to see uh, Leatherface wreck people for for an hour and a half, which is what we got, right? So um, I think what was really interesting was the social commentary that was in the movie. I think was really good. Yes. Unfortunately, most of that social commentary was left untapped. Mm -hmm. um where i think toby hooper with his original like struck fucking gold in really exploring the horrors of vietnam right and and that that the vietnam era fear of even just going to nam uh and that was the really the only thing that he 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 went into right i mean he went into a little bit about what the economy does to uh, you know, rural, small town people, but really it's about Vietnam, right? And um, you can make arguments that it's about other things, but my personal opinion, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is about Nam. Right. So this movie, I think, tries to do so much. It tries to be commentary on gentrification it tries to be commentary on school shootings. It tries to be commentary on the relations between um, urban and rural America and begins to make a lot of sense and then abandons the story to move on to something else. Yes. Um, and, and I think that this is something that 
we talked about with Candyman, if the movie had been about, you know, 10 or 15 minutes longer, I think they could have explored some of those storylines a little more and it would have made a lot more sense. However, all of that would have detracted from the fucking gore, which is what we're here <laughs> yeah. for. Right. So, so you're, you're, you're kind of left at this like impasse where do you, do you explore the story more and make it more interesting or do you leave out more story? Do you leave more story on the cutting floor on the cutting room floor and focus more on the gore? So it's, it's kind of like this like weird place. And I think that they left it at a place where we understand that characters are going through certain things and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we, we, we have enough motivation from the characters to understand why they make the decisions that they make, even if those decisions don't seem fully thought out because we don't have all the story. I feel like this is probably one where there was a hour and 40 minute cut, or maybe there was a two hour cut of this movie that was largely left on the cutting room floor in favor of one that focused more on the action and on the horror. And, uh, and it really did deliver in that aspect. Yeah. I think I, you're, you know, you're right. You get these bits, right? It's like, Oh, she's a, school shooting survivor and she's got to deal with that trauma and it's kind of which i had not seen done in a horror movie before yes uh you know you get this you get this little bit of like oh well the you know leatherface leatherface goes crazy again because his you know mother whether it be his real mother or just because he was in this orphanage or you know i guess you know if it's the original then it's just because he's in this orphanage but um you know like he he goes crazy because they they killed her. And then, so you, you kind of want to draw this line to like, well, they killed her because you know, this, this incessant need to gentrify her town. But then you look mm-hmm. at what actually happened. And you're like, well, actually she kind of died. Cause Dante just approached the thing like a massive dick, right. you know, like uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't there, 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 it wasn't just because they were gentrifying this town. It's because Dante just immediately was an asshole. Right. And right. so and so he, you're, he you, did. He did not respect the um, the history of the yeah. town, which, uh, of course, they do this in such a tricky way because the history of the town is Confederate history. Yes, is right. And, and so yes. I, it's, again, this is like one of these things. That it's it's really interesting because it's a it's a thought here where it's like okay, if you ever hear someone defend a statue of a Confederate general or the, the hanging of a Confederate flag. It is always, well, this is part of our history, right? That's, that's always the argument, right? And that's a difficult argument to like rebut. Yes. Because you don't want to tell someone that your history is invalid, right? Uh, As terrible as that history might be, right? Like, you stood for fucking slavery. You right. started you started your own country, which lasted for five years over slavery, right? Like you're definitely on the losing side of history here, but it is your history. Right. 
And so, so, so he's, you know, he's, and, and yeah, I, I do. I called him a dick and an asshole, but, but you're right. He's put in a difficult situation where he's blindsided by this, uh, by this woman being in where, like I said, which one of the story elements, apparently a bunch of rich yuppies bought an entire town in Texas to like turn it into some cooking utopia because the only like explanation we have for where any of his money comes from is that he has an Instagram channel where he cooks like like this. this Nothing was, is explained there. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, there's just, there's, there's so much here. There was one moment where I got really excited about them kind of exploring some of the weird subtleties of the original where Leatherface sits down with one of his mother's dresses and starts smearing her yes. makeup on the face. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, they're not going to shy away from like that weird like element of it. And then it was just kind of gone. And it was like, okay, so maybe that and, was just and, more and that, of lip service for the fans of the original. That aspect of um, Leatherface as mother Right. Is, is something that's only explored in one in four, which is again a fucking train wreck, right? But like he's in he's in full on glam makeup in that yes. one. Right. Um, and then in this one, right? So it's like, oh fuck, finally we can explore this some more. Nah, sorry, we're moving. Nah, on no, it's just it's there. And so that that kept happening with the story. But when you look at one of the things that we always go back to is, did it serve its purpose? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It got it got all these yuppies into the town where Leatherface lives. It gave Leatherface a reason to be upset and kill them. And it gave us a reason to get from cars at a gas station in middle of nowhere, Texas, to car driving away from a small town in Texas where everyone but one person has been murdered. Which right again, it, it, talk about legacy. I mean, that is yeah. exactly how the <laughs> legacy of Texas Chainsaw Massacre begins. Yeah, and so they gave us just enough story to to rebuild that. You know, there's there's this whole thing where you know you you meet Richter and they they automatic you know they jump to judgments about him because he's got a gun on his hip, but he's got a reason. And then I, I love I love that Richter gives the line. Uh, he's just like, I'm a Texan. And I don't like to be told what to do. Yeah. And I was, and I, I heard him say that and I was like, this may be a fictional movie, but that might be the most non-fictional thing ever said out loud in a horror movie. <laughs> um, you know, and so just, just some, just some stuff like that, which by the way, also the character of Richter, his real name is Mo Dunford. And not that he did a bad job in this movie, but I wonder if they were looking at like a casting sheet, like people are showing up and it's like, fuck it, send everybody home. This guy's name is Mo Dunford. He gets yeah. this role. His name is Mo Dunford. He gets yeah, it, right? I, he, I, I feel like there was not much acting going on there. Like right. he, 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 he walked in. And, with that gun and, on his hip. With that gun on his hip, with his boots all muddy. And they were like, I don't know what it is, but you have it. <laughs> Um, exactly. I, I personally think he was the most interesting character in the movie. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was great. I and, uh, and so fucking badass. When you get a sledgehammer thrown at your leg, right, your calf breaks in fucking half, and you still rush it at at Leatherface and manage to smash his head into a, a window. You're a fucking badass, and you yes. belong in the annals of horror history. I, I also like had the realization while watching this movie that I handle 
like a closed fracture, really freakish looking break a lot worse than I handle someone literally getting decapitated with a chainsaw. Maybe yeah. because maybe because there, there's there's a guttural feel to mm-hmm. like watching a leg get broken, but still see them alive. It's like, well, if I got my head cut off, I wouldn't know what that felt like. I'd be right. dead. <laughs> but it's like, I can, I can imagine I taking that. a chain. Yeah. I can imagine taking a chainsaw to the leg. But uh, you See, know, I, like I, said, I, I personally have a um, a fear of not extreme heights. Like I'm not afraid of falling out of an airplane. Right. If I fall out of an airplane, I'm dead before I hit the ground. Right. Uh, I'm afraid of moderate heights that would leave me in a debilitating uh, position for the rest of my life. Like like the like the second story of a mall. Right. That's uh, that's that's about 20 feet or 30 feet high. You know, right. Like if you fell, you'd never walk again. Right. Like you're going right. to make it, but your life is forever changed for the worst type thing. That's the thing that really fucks with me. I can't <laughs> I, I can't do that. You know, if, if I felt if I fell off the roof of a single story house, I'd be OK. That not so scary. Yeah. Uh, roof of a second story house. Yes, because I'll probably survive. I don't want to survive that. Just fucking kill me. You know, either I want to be dead or I want to be okay, but it's that area in between, right? So like those those breaks, like when he fuck oh my we're gonna get to the gore later. No yeah, way. we're yeah, we're gonna get to that, but just you know, it was uh one one thing. So one there there was one amazing moment in the in the story here that goes back to an ages old trope of if you see a gun in act one, it has to be used in act three. Mm-hmm. And so you see the AR-15, you know, when yeah. she first meets Richter. And it's like, okay, that's going to play a role. Then it shows back up in Act 3, and she pulls the trigger, and nothing happens. And <laughs> God damn it, that was such a genius moment. That was so cool. Like, I just, I loved and it con- so continuity-wise, like, it made perfect sense. Yes. Because she, she asks him, is that loaded? And he unloads the gun for her. Yes, and, and make sure even the chamber is empty. Yeah, yeah. So she picks this thing up, and she thinks she's good to go. Nothing happens. Yeah, it so was such I a thought, great moment. It really was, and and it was, it was, it took that, it took that idea, and it made it into this this great horror movie thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, you know, like I said, there, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing stellar to say about the story here except for the fact that you're right. They left a lot of opportunities for for stuff on the table, but would it have taken away from what we got? Ah, man, you make this movie much longer and you stop clumping together these kills the way they were. And maybe, maybe you're the ride, you know, like you ever, you've been on a roller coaster and you hit that section, like at the, towards the last two thirds where you just have those little hills up and down. Yeah. And you're just disappointed until you can get to the one last time a chain takes you up. Yeah. They got rid of those little hills. They just took us big hill, big hill, big hill. Here's the chain that takes you up to the climax. You're good to go. So I'm not upset about it, but yeah, there, there's, there's, there's nothing, you know, award winning about the story to be found here. Right. I think that's the best the best way to describe it. What is award winning, however, is the brutality, the violence in this movie. Um, I I think I am I'm rarely surprised by violence in movies. Uh, And this one did surprise me. I was like, wow, they um, in spinal tap terms this one goes to 11 you know um this was uh 
Well, why don't you tell me how how does how does Leatherface interact with people in this movie? How does that make this movie something that is fun to watch, right? And how does that lack of story make the 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 gore, the kills either stand out more or less? Were you surprised? So we have done a couple episodes in recent mem- uh, in re- recently in the past few months where we kept saying that was they were so close to showing me something great, right? Like my my bloody Valentine. I was like they were so right. close. There was there was so much there. Candyman. So many great faraway shots for what could have been awesome kills. They it, it was like the people who made this movie heard the people like us talking, and they were like, <laughs> oh okay. Like you, 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 we, we got you the gore on this movie. So masterfully towed that line where it never crossed into the genre of torture porn. Eli Roth. I love you, but, but hostile is, is rough. Um, you know, it's not fun. Right. It's not fun. It's not fun anymore at that point. And that's exactly where this stayed. This hit that beautiful, beautiful, sweet spot in delivering, insane amounts of gore insanely creative and fun to watch kills and kept it fun the entire time like as this movie went on i was like man i'm not gonna have a lot of notes and then the killing started and i was like i'm just gonna keep taking notes about all of the awesome ways people are getting (laughs) killed in this movie so from the moment that leatherface loses his mind we immediately realize he ain't got time for the bullshit right he's done with the world he has mm-hmm. lost his entire family and now his adopted family. There's nothing left for Leatherface except for to kill anyone that he deems associated with the death of this woman from the beginning. And so we immediately get him cutting his, mo- his mom's face off, killing a guy with an oxygen tank, stabbing a girl in the gut with a broken piece of window and slowly, <sighs> slowly cutting her open. Right, and it's just insane. Don't forget how- that that guy that he he kills with the oxygen mask. What finally does that guy in is he uses his completely broken off wrist yes. to jam into his jugular. Yes. And he yes. fucking bleeds to death. It was so fucking brutal. Mr. Kowalski coming in clutch with every comment here. Redneck John Wick. I agree. With redneck a John Wick. Out. Anything, anything put into the hands of Leatherface in this movie, you know, most notably a chainsaw, but anything became a weapon. (laughs) Yeah, your own wrist, sharded glass, (laughs) oxygen tank. The man did it all, right? And while some of them were kind of like, oh, you know, made you cringe, cringe, or like not cringe, but like seize up, Mm -hmm. they were all just fun as fuck to watch right and i know that we're twisted individuals and that's and that's That's why we're here (laughs) but that's why we're here and that's what we were looking for right we were looking for fun ways and then the like the very first time they give you a boring kill where he just like slashes a guy with a butcher knife 
and it's kind of boring. Then oh, they man. go on to sell it by having that guy walk around with his face cut open so oh, that you can so really good. so that and you the can prosthetics really were fantastic. Yes. And you can really savor how, yes, it was like a shot through a swinging door to see him get his face cut open. But hey, don't worry. We're going to show it to you and you're going to enjoy it. But that was also a really well choreographed shot. The way the door is swinging open and you keep seeing Leatherface and Dante going at it in the kitchen. Like Dante tries to run out the door and Leatherface actually is in a shot very reminiscent of My Bloody Valentine. Like he just reaches out and grabs him and pulls him right back into the kitchen. He's like, nah, man, you're not fucking escaping me. I got you. And so, I mean, they just, the, 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 so many, like at one point he makes it onto the bus full of these yuppies that have bought the town. And you know, in that moment, okay, like now it goes down. Right. And so (laughs) you're just wondering how high they're going to keep cranking this up. And it, (laughs) my favorite, my favorite moment is at one point he stabs through a guy who's like, you know, taking the chance on screaming and all of that. Yeah. And there's a woman cowering while she gets cowered by covered by his blood. So he <laughs> just keeps pushing until he skewers them both simultaneously. Fucking genius. chainsaw sex. Yes. That's what happened there. It was chainsaw sex. Yes. And it was it was it was, it was sexy and gory <laughs> and beautiful and awful and everything you wanted it to be. I mean, it was there was there was no lack of creativity here. There was no lack of brutality. I'm sure you've got some you want to go over too. But one thing I've got to say about the kills and just about uh, Leatherface in general, for a chainsaw that was trapped in a wall for however many years, that thing came out sharp as hell. Yeah, I've. Seen a chainsaw? I, okay, I'll I'll say I'll throw this out there. I've never actually used a chainsaw. They terrify me. It um, is terrifying. I've used but, it before. It it is uh, it is scary. I've I've seen a chainsaw used, and I've never seen one go through literally anything like a hot knife through butter. At one point, he sticks it down into the floorboards of this home and just starts effortlessly. I mean, he's a strong guy, so effortlessly for him, but still, just effortlessly pulling it through the floorboards. He's cutting through floor joists. He goes through a damn pipe yeah. at one point with this chainsaw. And what's amazing about this movie is you never go, man, that's stupid. <laughs> you know, you just, you go, oh, fuck yeah, Leatherface got the best chainsaw yeah. in the damn world. You know, <laughs> like. I was, I was just, really glad so well. that, because I, I was half expecting for Leatherface to take that chainsaw from behind the wall and started up on, on, on the first rip of the cord. Yeah. And they didn't do that. And they actually made that. Um, the way I thought of it and, and go with me here, it reminded me of jaws where, yeah. when you, when you would hear the, that two note musical cue, the, ba-dum, oh yeah. Ba-dum. Okay. Okay. You would you knew Jaws was nearby, right? And 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 that's what that was. You would hear like the the chainsaw would power down, and then from somewhere in the distance, you'd hear the and you're like, fuck, I'm about to die, aren't I? 
And I'm like, oh, shit, how much, how many more pulls of that cord is it going to take before he just cuts my dick off? Right. <laughs> and, and, and that's to, to me, that was part of what made the, the action so good, so tense is that and, and, and the music was used to great effect, too, because they would use these really stinging uh string sounds like the, like the the cello would just like and it would sound oh, almost yeah. like a chainsaw the way that they would do it um i don't know who it is that composed the music here but it was done really really well done to really great effect here and um i i i think that that was almost like a, like a like a calling card for him it was a musical cue using the the chainsaw that way um as as great as that was um when he would throw things at people and like just mangle limbs to me that's what really got me here and we don't see too much of that in some of the other texas chainsaw movies um one of my favorite scenes in the original is when he takes a mallet from the kitchen because it's what he's holding. He was in the kitchen right. and he just bangs the guy on the head and he falls on the floor like a sack of potatoes. And like he goes into shock and his body just starts to twitch. Like to me, that was like one of the more realistic things that happened in that movie. And I'm like, fuck, that's terrifying. And then he just grabs him and pulls him into the kitchen and closes that door. And it's like, that's fucking terrifying, right? When he throws, and I mentioned this already, when he throws that fucking sledgehammer at Richter's leg and the and the leg, which was previously straight, just goes <laughs> and oh. buckles. I'm like, oh my God. Yes. That, that one, when he throws the chainsaw at, um, I can't remember her name, but the girl who survived the... Um, uh, the school shooting when he throws it at her leg and it just kind of nicks the back of her, uh, like and nicks her Achilles heel. Like that was a moment where I was like, Oh fuck. You know, yeah. like there was, there were so many moments like that, but to me, the standout moment. And I got to say, like, I, I would probably put this in, uh, if, if this were a Mount Geekmore episode, I would put it on my mountain of horror movie, scenes moments i mean i don't know man it was so good the bus everything that happens on that on that yuppie party bus is yeah. just it is chef's kiss i mean that to me is what darth vader's hallway scene was in rogue one there it is um and and you even like the way Vader like pierces some guy up to the top with his lightsaber. Leatherface does the same thing with the chainsaw. He goes right up, pulls this guy right up into the ceiling of this. Oh man, it was so good. I I had to rewind and watch it over again. Um, yeah. And and with um, I don't know if she was a promoter or 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 uh, or someone from from the bank. I but think she was a banker. If, if you're talking about, she was about the banker, you're right? About. Yeah, she's she's about to escape. She's getting out, and half her torso's out, and then he just slices her right in half. So she falls right on the floor. It was amazing, and the way that the blood just starts to pool into the bathroom yes. where the sisters are hiding like that is terrifying you're just hearing these cries these screams there's chainsaw sex going on outside it is 
that is a masterpiece of 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 horror filmmaking right there it was it was so tense and it was so good and i was thinking how the fuck is anyone going to escape this right and and of course they they managed to and they do it because of the stupid corkscrew that they make fun of her for for buying at the beginning of the movie you know every and that's one of the things that i did like about this a lot is every single little uh plot device was used to great effect they may have started storylines that they didn't quite flesh out but every plot device was used so greatly and what's amazing about that bus scene is you know you when you when you watch a when you watch a horror movie and you're watching people get killed you know you're you're usually just like ah what's coming next Ah, ah, ah. but when he steps onto the bus and the one guy holds his phone up and there's all the Instagram lives going off and stuff. And he goes, try anything and you're canceled, bro. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. kill all these folks. Kill them all. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Round them up. Let's, you're done. I'm I'm okay with him killing you now. I don't care that you didn't <laughs> actually kill his mother. You all deserve this now. And I'm okay with this. Like, it was just, it was such a. And the, and was, the comments that were coming in were so good. Like, oh, that's totally fake. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, and yeah, that was a good effect, right? To like then see the Instagram live. But then they would also like, you know, and he's as he's just swinging this thing around wildly and he's occasionally just kind of barely taking off a limb. You'd get these scenes of like people like cowering, just holding a stump of, yeah. of their arm that and he's, and, you know, and he's eventually going to get back to him. You know that, but he's moved <laughs> on now. And like, and so it was, it was. It was like the it was like the vampire rave scene in Blade Two. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Like, like, but with a chainsaw. Um, it was it was so incredible, and to just take all of this and do it in such a confined space where you you knew that, like, even watching it, you felt like you were right on top of the chainsaw because yeah. they did such a good job of making that scene so claustrophobic. And just and so just wild that it was it, it, yes in the annals of of slasher movie history like that scene I mean it deserves it deserves amazing praise like I, you can stack that scene up against some of the best you know mass killings in in any movie like that you know what is it not in uh, second or third Nightmare on Elm Street, where or maybe it's Friday the Thirteenth, where he's like, they're like, he like storms like a a party like on a farm, and just like takes out like a ton of people. It's like you can stack it yeah. up against any of those things, and it Kingsman, works. The the yes, the, the church in, scene, in the church, yeah, in Kingsman. The, to me, that that same sort of like frenetic feel. There's one part, and the thing is, like, I'm I'm wincing and laughing at the same yes. time because it manages to, uh, to give you the violence without being too heavy. Uh, right. And you 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 mentioned the the. Uh, the Instagram live there's another scene where like it reminded me almost of like like a butcher uh where he's like okay here's here's that one piece of meat he he's <laughs> he's obviously been like slicing people up right and then he just lifts out of I don't know where he got it but he lifts this arm and he just yeah, kind of like just... throws it behind himself and he's like okay that's gonna go over there I'm gonna save that for later I'm going to you now yeah and it was it was so perfect the way that it, <laughs> That little like head cock that he did 
which is you know people often associate that with michael myers right um and you know for obvious reasons you know right. he does the head cock all the way back from the beginning but it was it was used in a different way here it wasn't funny or it, rather it was funny it wasn't like a soulless creature here is like no there is a soul to yeah. leatherface his soul wants to eat you but um uh, it's <laughs> um oh god i fucking love this scene and, and so and what's incredible is all of these kills stacking up he can slice or anything with this chainsaw there was there was no lack of evidence for the fact that Leatherface is a remarkably strong human being for you know especially for as old as he was but a man in the prime of his life yeah he, he was a remarkably be in, strong in his seventies at this yes. point like okay I went and saw the Batman last night and the so Batman jealous. yeah yeah two thumbs up um but <laughs> he's wearing full body armor okay mm-hmm. and he still occasionally takes a couple blasts. That put him on his ass. We see, you know, we see Leatherface taking shots and, and just doing all this and very rarely taking any damage. We're very aware of the fact that he's a very strong human being. But there was a moment where we were given this much insight into how smart he can be. And it was such a beautiful, whether or not it was a direct, you know, like homage to Jurassic Park. But he clever girled Lila. He did. <laughs> he took the chainsaw, revs it, and puts it in front of a cutout of a bear that she can't really see because it's behind some vapor lock. So she hears the chainsaw and sees this hulking silhouette and is convinced that's where he is. And he's not. And he completely outsmarted her. And I was like, And, and her they, response is so good. She's yes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it and the and it was and it was exactly the guy from Jurassic Park when he realized he got outsmarted by a velociraptor, you know, clever clever girl. girl. You know, it was it, in that one moment, it's like, you're right, he's not just a soulless killing machine like a Michael Myers. This is a man who's calculating. This is a man mm-hmm. who knows what he needs to do to kill you and survive, and he's going to do it. So um, survival is the thing that is most consistent with Leatherface. He's been played in various different ways, but survival is that one that is like the through line. Starting with Gunnar Hansen back in 1974, he has said that he played him as someone who had been stunted at 10 years old. Uh, yeah. And just had the body of this like incredible specimen of a human. And uh, we we see that. I mean, he is abused by his family. We see it in the first one. We see it in every single other one. He is used, abused. And his use of violence is a crutch yeah. for survival. And, and so, you know, the one other thing of how kills were used so perfectly in this movie was back when we did scream, we talked about Jamie Kennedy and the rules and all that, mm-hmm. you know, um, he goes, hey, hold on. Hold, here, here's the moment where you think the killer's dead, but he comes back for one more. Mm-hmm. And they gave us that to perfection. It was so well done. The girls are in the car. The sun's up, right? That's, that's your horror movie cliche for you've survived. Yeah, The sun's up, a new day is breaking and you're still alive. And they're driving away in their auto driving car and the window <laughs> shatters. 
he pulls a uh, melody, right? Was her name? Pulls yeah. melody out of the car. No muss, no fuss. Boom. Boom. Head off with the chainsaw. And then we get the amazing final girl scene of the self-driving car driving Lila away while she's screaming after watching her sister be decapitated. And then we get the, we, I, you know, the, the moment from the end of the original where he's just swinging it wildly because there's the one that got away and yeah. he didn't want that. And that, even if the whole movie had just been meh until then, like, I might have given it a full another star just for that <laughs> last little bit. Right. Because that was so perfect. Like that was the quintessential perfect use of violence, gore and to kill in a slasher movie. Uh, man, I, I can't say enough about how amazing it was shot. The, the violence, the gore. Um, I'm with you, man. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with you with you every step of the way here. So as we sit here and we, 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 we just, we rave about how amazing the gore is and whether or not we've liked the movie, we've come to that point in the show where it's time for us to rate it. Now, if you're new to shiver or if you're not, then this, you know, probably not news to you, but if you're new to shiver, then it let us let you know that we rate every movie only against itself. We spent a lot of time talking about the legacy of this, but we're not stacking this up against the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We're just looking at this. And so an effort to rate a movie just in it by its own merit, we create a unique rating system for each movie. And this time around, we, we, we always kick back and forth our ideas. And immediately there was one that we had both thought of. And so out of a possible five yuppie party buses, <laughs> Yuppie party bus massacres, even. What do you give this new Texas chainsaw? Man, so I finished this movie and I was thinking, I have no idea what to give this. Because I mean it's it's obviously not perfect, so it can't get a five. Right. But it is so much damn fun. Like it's a it's a five on the fun scale, right? Um but there's storylines that are abandoned. There's decisions that don't make any sense. But ultimately, it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, <laughs> right? So I think I'm going with this is... So here's here's the thing. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a five, right? Okay. Um, part two... Do I like this more than part two? I don't know. And part two, I would probably give somewhere between a four and a four and a half. All right. So I I, I just convinced myself. I'm I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go four four and a half. Four and a half yuppie party bus massacres. I I 100 percent agree, just down to the fact that when it ended. Like once the once the, the 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 my adrenaline had stopped and I had to start thinking about what I was gonna rate it, I was like, man, I don't know, I don't know, right? And I'm talking yeah. to uh, I'm talking to my buddy, uh, uh, fan of the show, uh, Josh Schneider, and you know, and he's immediately like, yeah, you know, the the plot was trash. Yeah, sure it was, but like I said, it's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Did mm -hmm. they give us a massacre in Texas, mostly <laughs> done with a chainsaw? Fuck yeah, absolutely. They did. It delivered, right? right? Yeah. And so, you know, so there, there's three stars right there. It's in Texas. There's a massacre. Most of it's some of the chainsaw. There's your three. 
the the amazing you know the like i said that amazing scene at the very end that's a star right there for me loved it and so i'm i'm not willing to to dock a full star for the storyline mishaps here because there is some credit to be given for even approaching them because you're right, right. i can't think of a time a horror movie has even approached this idea of the trauma of a school shooting survivor and the amazing acting of the girl who played Lila. Um, she played uh, it. Elsie Fisher. Straight. She played yeah. it straight and, and, and handled it. I think with, uh, with a lot of reverence yes. uh, because and I, I, I started to feel something when, yeah. like uh, when, when she happened. winced, when she winced, even like just seeing the AR 15 on that table, like there was, there was a, it was, it was approached. It wasn't handled, but also how much can you handle that in a horror movie without it becoming very ham fisted, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's, there's that very, very thin line between social commentary and, you know, bludgeoning. And so maybe they approach some of these things just enough. Could I have used a little bit more? Yeah. So I'm going to go one half star down for it, but man, this movie just straight up fun is the most fun that I've had since Krampus on this show because it was just, I mean, it was like, I was, I was, I was just smiling ear to ear, just the whole last movie, which, which was even funnier based on the fact that 10, 15 minutes in, I had texted you and was like, ah, I don't feel good about this. But once they got to the town and shit got real, I was just beaming, right? Because it was, it, it was it was perfect. And like I said, back when we did Legacy, I, I think that if Toby Hooper could see this man, I, I think that he'd be proud of it. And, you know, that's worth a star or half a star right there. So yeah, I'm going four and a half, too. It's it's fun. Damn, it was fun. And, it, you know, the the odd thing is that a lot of the things that we've talked about as uh, negatives and also positives here are things that were brought up during our episode on Candyman, and yet Candyman did not fare so favorably um you rated it higher than i did right uh, but i i was i was pretty negative on Candyman, and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Candyman aspires to be more than what the original was and do something else um I think that this movie tries to update what made the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre so special, but also keep the DNA of the sequels there. Uh, yeah. Maybe not necessarily pay homage to them, but understand what why people were still interested in this series in the first place right uh because if you have only one good movie and you you're like nine movies in i mean there's something there right yeah. i mean uh so it's not that you know the other eight are gonna be shit there's something there that made them special enough for people to keep going back to them and 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 i think i think they got that they got what makes Texas Chainsaw Massacre special. Like you said, you know, it's in Texas. There's a massacre and it's mostly done with a chainsaw. That's only part of the DNA, though. It's got to be tongue in cheek. It's got to be social commentary. It's got to be brutal. 
and it's got to be unapologetically Texan. Yes. And, and it absolutely was all of those things. So yeah. there you go. You, you, you heard it here. We're giving it a four out of five with quick maths there on <laughs> the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If you've enjoyed this and you're listening, make sure that you check us out on Wednesdays. We go out live on Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday at 9, 8 central. We just released our calendar for this month. Um, so if you follow us on any uh, social medias at Shiver Pod, you can check that calendar. We are going to be back next week. We are going to be celebrating. You know, it's it's going to be a day late, but hey, we're guys. We're, we're bound to do things a little bit late. We're going to be celebrating International Women's Day. And I believe February or March is now kind of, I, I believe March is now like Women's, women's Month. month. Yeah. Now, um, but the official International Women's Day is the the eighth. So on February, March 9th, I'm still stuck in February. On March 9th, we're going <laughs> to be celebrating all things woman in uh in horror with the movie The Final Girls. Which, if you're listening to this and you've never heard of or seen The Final Girls, definitely check that out in the next week because you're not going to want to miss us having fun with that one. We'll be doing the final girls next month. We want to thank everybody who watches live um, and chimes in. Frank Kowalski giving us a thumbs up and some fire there. We appreciate you hanging around for the whole episode today, thank man. Thank you, um, If you like this, make sure you head to shiverpod.com. You can find all of our other stuff. We're on anywhere you can find your podcast. And on a lot of them, including Spotify now, you can give ratings. So if you've enjoyed it, give us a four or five star. Move us up in that algorithm a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, make sure you check out all of the other podcasts that are on the Geek Bro Network. Uh, Mount Geekmore, which Daniel and I are a part of. Um when it's on, we haven't done one in a little while. Yeah, we've uh yeah, Neary's had a really wild schedule here lately. He's been working a lot, so you know, shout out to him for being on that grind. But yeah, we we're working on getting some dates together, I believe. So we'll we'll start coming back once he kind of smooths out when he can and can't. Yeah, but uh I mean there's a backlog of episodes for those of you that uh that got some time and um pretty good listen if i may say so myself uh like what's so. uh, yeah right <laughs> what's up bro which is where the other half of our uh, uh podcast network namesake comes from better let me tell you seasons a uh, tv podcast uh dose of ellie kick flicks crimacopia our sister podcast and Comedy fitness. It. You may have said comedy, comedy, comedy fitness. fitness. Yeah, there it is. There's comedy the other fitness. One. There you so go. if you head to geekbro.net, you can check out all of those. We appreciate hearing from all of you. So even if you're listening um, afterwards, you can always reach out to us on social media. If if you're really into this and you're familiar with us, you know the format of the show. Hell, reach out to us. You know, we occasionally do three or four people on one of these. We're always looking for some more people to chime in on us. We do just ask that you have a good internet connection as we do stream out live. So make sure you reach out to us on all of those. I believe that's it. I think we've wrapped up everything here nicely. We got a nice little Texas, a nice big Texas size bow on this one. So from all of us here at Shiver, <laughs> fright you very much.